Going on a pilgrimage like this one is a bit like engaging in the art of accompaniment. So what's the art of accompaniment? During World Youth Day 2013, Pope Francis issued a challenge to today's church. He said, We need a church capable of walking at people's side, of doing more than simply listening to them, a church that accompanies them on their journey, a church able to make sense of the night contained in the flight of so many of our brothers and sisters from Jerusalem, a church that realises that the reasons why people leave also contain reasons why they can eventually return. I like to think of World Youth Day as a modern pilgrimage. Our pilgrimage, today, is no less a pilgrimage, and his message is given to us to consider prayerfully as we walk together. It's like our very own Emmaus walk, and Emmaus has become like a symbol for walking with others in the presence of Christ, trying to identify in life the joy and living well in the presence of all that is true, wise and beautiful. I remember hearing this story about a man in England in hospital. He was dying from the coronavirus. A nurse who was one of his wife's friends would stand outside the intensive care ward for a few moments each day and say, fight Fight, fight. Your wife is waiting for you. Fight, fight, fight. Eight days later, he opened his eyes. Nearly 2,000 years ago, after the crucifixion of Jesus and his rising from death, two of his followers were heading to Emmaus, a small town outside Jerusalem. They were confused and downhearted. They were going through all that had happened, piecing it together from what they had been told and what they had witnessed. A stranger caught up with them and he asked, what's this you're talking about as you walk along? They just stopped and stood there long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, his name was Cleopas, said, are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days, he said, so what's happened? They told him what had happened to Jesus about his death on the cross and his resurrection. They were confused by the news about his rising from death and they wondered if it had really happened. The stranger took them to task for not believing in what was in the Torah and what the prophets had said about the Messiah. He amazed them with his knowledge of the scriptures, so much so that when he made to leave them on the outskirts of Emmaus, they invited him to have supper with them. So did he stay? He did. He sat at the table with them and took some bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then they realised who the stranger was. They had walked with Christ. Then he disappeared. I think 
Pope St. John Paul II has something to teach us about the art of accompanying. As a young priest, Father Carol Watia lived in troubled times. His native Poland had been taken over first by the Nazis and then later by the Soviet communists. As his people struggled to live under the communist regime, laws were put in place to limit the work of the church, especially by priests. The young people of the time often found themselves lost amidst the chaos. I've learned this about him, that Father Watia was a good pastor. He went out to his people. He didn't simply schedule talks at a parish and wait for people to come to him. He went out and got involved in their lives. He planned outdoor excursions involving kayaking, camping, hiking and skiing. He entered into the lives of the young people who joined him, getting to know their hopes, their dreams and their fears, how they lived their friendships, their struggles in dating relationships and how they made moral choices. He truly shared life with them. They sang, they laughed, they told jokes, they recited poetry. He was a master of the art of accompaniment walking with people amid their daily joys and struggles and witnessing Christ's love to them. Someone told me that he told his parishioners that God called him to live with people everywhere to be with them in everything but sin. And one friend said of him, we felt that we could discuss anything with him. We could talk about absolutely anything. Others said that he had mastered the art of listening that he was always interested and that he always had time. Another simply said, he lived our problems. After years of serving as a priest and investing deeply in his friends, Father Watia eventually became a bishop, then a cardinal, and then later he was elected Pope. Many of his friends wondered if this new responsibility would destroy their friendship. One of them lamented, we've lost him. Only a little while later, however, they found themselves in possession of invitations to the Vatican. Each year, even with his tortuous schedule as Pope, he made time for them in Rome. And just hours before he died, he sent one last message to these same old friends. Because of his commitment to them, these men and women were changed. Some became priests and religious. Others committed themselves to holiness and marriage. All of them lived their Christian lives more faithfully because of his influence. Father Watia, now known as Pope St. John Paul II, was a great evangelist, not just as a pope who preached to millions throughout the world, but as a man who went out and invested his life deeply in the people he served in Krakow. Pope St. John Paul II evangelised by going out, getting involved in people's lives and sharing his own life with them. And in that he has modelled for us the art of accompaniment. You know, it's the model of how God evangelises. Just as God enters into our world, so too must we enter into other people's lives and meet them where they are to bring them the gospel. God doesn't stay in heaven 
waiting for us to find him. He enters our world and he seeks us out. Jesus modelled this way of doing good for others also throughout his public ministry. He didn't wait in a synagogue for people to come to him. He went out and built relationships with them by sharing meals with them, conversing with them, praying with them, hanging out with them. His life revolved around his friendships with people, fishermen, Jewish leaders, tax collectors, prostitutes, sinners, Jews and non-Jews. St Paul also lived out Jesus' way of evangelising. While ministering to the people in Thessalonica in Greece during his missionary journeys, he was willing to give everything of himself so that the people would be able to accept the gospel. Paul sums this up in these words. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. When God sought Moses, who had taken his father-in-law's sheep and goats to the holy mountain, and spoke to him from the burning bush, he told him to take off his sandals because he was standing on holy ground. He wants us to do the same. In accompanying the other, we must stand first in their holy ground. Pope Francis wrote about the art of accompaniment in his letter, The Joy of the Gospel. He said, The pace of this accompaniment must be steady and reassuring, reflecting our closeness and our compassionate gaze, which also heals, liberates and encourages growth in the Christian life. As pilgrims accompany others, they recognise in themselves the need for prudence, understanding, patience and a docile spirit. It is the docility of the Holy Spirit so that they can protect the sheep from wolves who would scatter the flock. We need to practise the art of listening which is more than simply hearing, said Pope Francis. Listening in communication is an openness of heart which makes possible that closeness without which genuine spiritual encounter cannot occur. And who are the sheep that we, like Moses, lead to the holy mountain? Well, they are the students we meet each day. They're also our colleagues who minister to the students and their peers, and us. We're among the sheep of God's creation. Our concern is variably for the welfare of the other. Our commitment is to their safety, and we strive together to create a welcoming and happy environment for them. There are moments of joy when others experience success. There is worry when a sheep is lost, and rejoicing again when the lost are found. This is the art of accompaniment, as God intends it to be. God is present in the world and accompanies his flock. As we might have already come to recognise, his flock includes all of creation. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap, but God knows and cares for all of them. Because we are endowed with the intellectual gifts needed to care for his flock, the way he cares for it then we will find encouragement and meaning in our lives when we accompany others on their journey 
through life. It is a spiritual accompaniment which Pope Francis tells us must lead others ever closer to God. To accompany them would be counterproductive if it became a sort of therapy supporting their self-absorption and ceased to be a pilgrimage with Christ to the Father. So let us not forget that God dwells among us, fostering solidarity, fraternity and the desire for goodness, truth and justice. God does not hide himself from those who seek him with a sincere heart, even though they do so tentatively in a vague and haphazard manner. The pilgrim discovers this in the walk to Emmaus. Well, I think this seems to be a good place to stop.